1: We now take a trip to Kaohsiung to see a restaurant that's been thriving for 43 years. Its classic beef opho soup is the main billing, and customers come from far and wide for its Chinese basil and
2: herb-infused
1: delicacies.
2: With a new member of the family bringing in the spicy flavors of Sichuan, plenty of new recipes keeps the eatery fresh.
3: A wok of hot oil. A handful of onions and chili peppers, basil and sliced ginger lift the flavor, then it's stir-fried with strips of beef offal to create an irresistible entree. The sautéed beef stir-fry is deepened with onions and is another must-eat for the locals. But after 43 years in business here in Kaohsiung's Fengshan district, the top seller is still this old classic. A generous helping of beef lies on a bed of basil, then the whole thing is bathed in soup. Almost every order includes this perfect beef-awful soup.
0: His soup tastes so thick and delicious, like it was doing forever. They added basil. It has more in it than other restaurants. I've been eating this since I was a kid. The soup here is better than anywhere else.
3: The rich soup is fortified with medicinal herbs and slow-cooked. With the help of basil, this secret recipe creates a unique beef offal soup. It's the most prized recipe of Chef Guang Song, who began the business in his 20s.
0: Everything we use is very fresh. We add herbs so it's appetizing. My relative was selling this, so I came and started. And they passed on some secrets to me, so that's why we do it.
3: The beef waffle soup is only the start of it. You can order a dish of pickled pepper beef, the number one favorite among spice lovers.
0: I grew up in mainland China and came to Taiwan to marry my husband. I cook it like this the way he does it and I learned how to also bring in my Sichuan cooking. The specialty is the pickled pepper beef, authentic Chongqing style.
3: The spicy and sour dish is the perfect accompaniment for rice, say regulars. Chef Ren Xiaohui brings in the flavors of her Sichuan homeland to the Taiwanese dishes. She pickles her own peppers and cabbage. The classic local flavor is even better with an infusion from overseas.
1: Nature lovers are rejoicing after dozens of baby sea turtles hatched on a beach in Kanding this summer. The green sea turtle is one of Taiwan's iconic creatures, but it is more often seen hatching on outlying islands like Penghu. Large numbers of tourists in Kanding prevent turtles from laying eggs there or hatching successfully.
2: But in recent years, officials have increased efforts to make the area friendly for turtles. And this year, at least 30 babies hatched successfully, and some of their first steps were captured on camera.
4: Nighttime when a beach can ding. As the wind blows in off the sea, these newborn green sea turtles are taking their first steps. <laughs> It's an amazing sight to behold, but baby turtles are very vulnerable here on the beach, so these visitors to Kanding's Baisha Beach run to help them into the water fast. The turtles wriggle their feet, heading determinately for the water. It's a heartwarming scene. Three nests of turtle hatchings were recorded on Baisha Beach this summer. Kanding National Park Administration tried to separate the baby turtles from people with these wooden poles and ropes. With this simple protection, at least 30 baby turtles hatched successfully.
5: Because the sea turtles' hatching season coincides with the busy tourist season in Kanding, and in order to produce a better environment for turtles to come on land and lay their eggs, in the future, we will communicate with local businesses to reduce human interference. This will create opportunities for the sea turtles to continue to reproduce successfully and steadily at Kending.
4: Kending attracts vast numbers of tourists, and light pollution and recreation in the sea usually prevents sea turtles from coming on shore to lay eggs. But this is the third time in five years that large numbers of baby turtles could hatch on the beaches of Kending National Park.
2: Would you like to get a pet? How about a penguin? The National Museum of Marine Biology and Aquarium in Pingdong has put up 36 of its flightless birds up for sale.
1: The museum says it's standard procedure when population at the aquarium gets too high. But not just anyone can pop in and get themselves a bird. You have to be in the animal rearing industry and have relevant qualifications.
4: Save yourself the trip to Antarctica to interact with penguins close up. The National Museum of Marine Biology and Aquarium is the only place in Taiwan you can feed penguins yourself. The institution recently posted an announcement saying they have penguins for sale. <coughs>
5: We take good care of them, so every year they reproduce. We have guidelines to keep populations at a certain level. So once a certain threshold is met, we launch the relevant procedures.
4: The institution has penguin populations capped at 110 birds and has already held two auctions previously. This time around, it put up an announcement online. It said it was to put up 36 penguins belonging to non-protected species up for auction. That's 24 gentoo penguins, 6 chinstrap penguins, and 6 adélie penguins, which are the most common species at the aquarium. But not just anyone with enough money can buy the birds. Sales are limited to businesses and dealers that raise wild animals, as well as people who are legally allowed to possess the animals. Buyers must provide information on their animal-rearing facilities and environment. Also, they are not allowed to just buy one penguin.
5: They are social animals. They naturally form groups as their lives progress. That allows them to pass on their experiences to younger penguins. Things like how to raise their young in their nests. So that's one consideration. We also have to avoid inbreeding, so we have to assess everything. Also, the temperature in penguin habitats has to be kept at around zero degrees Celsius.
4: So how much does a penguin cost? The institution says it can't disclose that information as any sales arrangements are confidential.
1: Northeasterly winds ushered in heavy rains Friday morning to the east coast, where Yilan and Hualien took the brunt of it. The Central Weather Bureau has issued extremely heavy rain advisories to affected areas.
2: Forecasters say the showers won't abate until Sunday. Let's hear from the CWB.
4: Throughout Saturday, windward areas of Ilan will see extremely heavy rains and even bigger downpours. In other areas, such as the north coast, Hualien, and mountainous areas of Taipei, there will be heavy rains and extremely heavy rains. The wet weather will start easing on Sunday, October 9th.
2: As of 4 p.m. on Friday, Elan's Dongshan Township had received more than 500 millimeters of rain, resulting in flooding along several roads over in Sanxing Township. St. Mary Junior College of Medicine, Nursing and Management also experienced flooding. Staff and students at the school built makeshift walkways with chairs and desks along exterior corridors to get around campus. In the end, the college suspended classes and sent students home. Kimchi
1: is the essential ingredient in many Korean dishes. But this year, the Chinese cabbage, so vital for making kimchi, is in short supply. Abnormal weather patterns have hit the cabbage harvest hard in Korea.
2: And now it's not just in Seoul, but also in Taiwan, that Korean restaurant chefs are feeling the heat. We spoke to some chefs and some import merchants to find out more.
5: Kimchi is snipped off piece by piece into a hot pot. The staple ingredient of kimchi, Chinese cabbage, is in short supply in Korea.
0: In July and August, there were too many typhoons and too much rain in South Korea, so the cabbage production fell. So in Korea, Chinese cabbage and spring onion and all the vegetables have basically doubled in price. They're twice as much as they were last year.
5: The price of cabbage in Korea is impacting import costs for restaurants in Taiwan. Cabbage imports are 30 to 40% more now than they were last year. Meanwhile, the spices used for picking kimchi are 15 to 20% more than before. And specialist Korean food importers are suffering too. The price of these tins of kimchi in the freezer are going up 10%. The retailer just can't cover spiralling expenses. (laughs)
0: At its most expensive, cabbage was twice as much. When there's a supply shortage, everyone is, I suppose, making slightly bigger bids at the market.
5: There's just not enough cabbage to go around in Korea. Cheap Chinese cabbage is flooding the market in South Korea. The South Korean government decided to fight back by building three warehouses for cabbage, each the size of a soccer pitch, in an attempt to protect local businesses.
0: It's too expensive, so now mums in Korea are avoiding making kimchi, and they're using white cabbage instead of Chinese cabbage."
5: Korean chefs say that when the weather improves, Chinese cabbage harvest should get back on track. Then prices will be back to normal.
2: Japan's de facto ambassador to Taiwan Izumi Hiloyasu recently gave an exclusive interview to FTV Vice President Hu Wanlin. He reassured that Japan's pro-Taiwan policies would remain in place, even after the passing of former Prime Minister Abe Shinzo earlier this year.
1: Izumi used friendship between two neighbors to describe how the relations between the two countries have grown naturally. This year marks the 50th anniversary of the establishment of Japan's de facto embassy in Taiwan, after Japan cut official diplomatic ties in 1972. In
4: an interview with FTV Vice President Hu Wanling, Japan's de facto ambassador to Taiwan shows off his own calligraphy work. It says, as friends hand-in-hand, Taiwan and Japan run a century-long marathon. The year 2022 marks 50 years since Japan broke official diplomatic ties with Taiwan. However, in recent years, the friendship between the two countries has been improving by leaps and bounds.
5: Our relationship isn't based on, I'll give you this if you give me that. Our relationship developed naturally. We'd be concerned if anything happens in Taiwan. When Japan experiences earthquakes and typhoons, the people of Taiwan also get worried. We have very close ties. They are very precious. It's not a relationship that money can buy.
4: Japan's representative to Taiwan, Izumi Hiroyasu, said Taiwan-Japan ties are a virtuous circle. Back in July, former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, who was an outspoken Taiwan supporter, was assassinated in Japan. After the incident, many Taiwanese were left wondering if his passing would signify a shift in Japan's Taiwan policy.
5: Sadly, former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe is no longer with us. Would that mean a policy change on Taiwan by Japan's government? No. Former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe did indeed love Taiwan. Japan's policies regarding Taiwan are solid. We share basic values and we are good neighbours to each other. Taiwan is an important neighbour for us. Freedom, security, and stability in the Taiwan Strait are directly linked to our interests. So, in Japanese newspapers, the word Taiwan comes up a lot. Japanese people really care about Taiwan, not just on the security front, but also in culture and other areas.
4: Izumi voiced hope that exchanges between the two countries would return to the former splendor after travel restrictions are lifted. He also said that after three years serving in Taiwan, the country had become a second home for him.
1: For
5: me, Taiwan is my last workplace. Of course, things here have left me with a deep impression. I've invested all my diplomatic resources into the Taiwan-Japan relationship. I will never forget Taiwan. It's my home away from home.
4: Izumi said he would continue working hard toward promoting closer Taiwan-Japan relations. He added that he hoped Taiwan and Japan could overcome difficulties together and march hand-in-hand for at least another 50 years.
1: Taiwan stocks retreated on Friday after three consecutive days of gains led by electronic stocks. The broader index opened lower than a day before and fell sharply by 189 points to close at 13,702. Trading volumes continue to shrink, standing at only 161 billion NT.
2: This follows U.S. stock market drubbings. Over in the foreign exchange markets, The new Taiwan dollar also depreciated to close at 31.668 NT against the greenback.
1: There are
4: still expectations that U.S. interest rates will continue to rise. So if this is the case, and if the greenback is in a strong position, it won't be easy for global currencies to strengthen.
2: On the eve of the National Day holiday, long weekend, fund managers pulled back and took a wait-and-see attitude, resulting in lower trading volumes. However, Taiwanese semiconductor star TSMC has scheduled an investor conference for October 13th to detail its third quarter results and give guidance for the fourth quarter. Whether this will reverse stock market trends in the positive way remains to be seen. Taiwan's economics vice minister Chen Zhengqi recently said Taiwan takes monthly inventories of materials in case conflicts breaks out in the Taiwan Strait. His comments captured attention both outside and inside Taiwan.
1: On Friday, Premier Su Jen-chang gave more details. He said Taiwan keeps in reserve one year's worth of grain and rice in case of war. He said there are also mechanisms in place to maintain a supply of critical materials such as natural gas and other fossil fuels.
5: The roar of military planes sounds as they fly over the square in front of the presidential office, rehearsing for National Day celebrations. It's a show of the military's determination to defend Taiwan amid rising cross-strait tensions. With respect
1: to the uh, possible military conflict, uh, we do have uh, preparations. Uh, For food and for energy and critical supply, including manufacturing supplies, we have a system, we do inventory every
5: month. Vice Minister of Economic Affairs, Chen Zhengqi, said Taiwan keeps stocks of foodstuffs, minerals, chemicals and energy materials in case of a potential Chinese blockade or the outbreak of war in the Taiwan Strait. His comments made huge headlines in the international media and also attracted attention within Taiwan.
4: We do our utmost. For example, we have a year's stock of food and rice. There is not a problem with that. We don't have as long for natural gas and oil, obviously. But in wartime conditions, their usage won't be exactly the same. Our national security system has clear rules on the relevant preparations. uh For raw materials such as oil or iron pellets, copper, and even other semi-finished products and components, Do cross-strait tensions complicate the import of these products? Currently, many countries, including the U.S., are focusing on this as they assess the situation.
5: National Day is fast approaching and tensions remain high in the Taiwan Strait. For now, Taiwan continues with its preparations, taking monthly inventories of the supplies it will need in case of
2: conflict. Opera lovers take note. This October 11th, two renowned operas will be on show in Taipei. The Philharmonic Opera Studio and the Taipei Philharmonic Youth Orchestra have teamed up to produce two shows.
1: One is by Giacomo Puccini and the other by Maurice Ravel. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang takes us in for a preview.
6: Sura Angelica is an opera by Giacomo Puccini. The play follows a Florentine noblewoman named Angelica, who was forced to enter a convent to repent for her sins. The opera is set in the late 17th century.
4: There are actually a total of 16 girls performing together in the Suor Angelica opera. We all have to converse. It's not a solo act. This makes it more difficult because you have to know everyone, and we all need to know our lyrics well. This combination is very rare, in fact, full of conflict and fun, especially in Ravel's Le Espagnol. It was originally a French opera and was set in Spain, but this time we set it in a vintage version of Taiwan, so there's a fusion of French, Spanish, and Taiwanese influences. The two operas selected this time are a very special combination. One is very tragic, the other is more lighthearted. I personally really enjoy the combination of these two dramas, and the conflict that arises between them.
6: The Philharmonic Opera Studio and the Taipei Philharmonic Youth Orchestra have produced two shows to showcase on October 11th. The orchestras have teamed up to hold performances of Puccini's Suor Angelica and Maurice Ravel's Le Espinol is a French one-act opera set in Spain in the 18th century and tells the story of a clockmaker's wife's extramarital
3: affair. This
4: work is quite dramatic, so understanding all the singers and the connection between everyone is a very important highlight of the play. We faced a lot of challenges during the rehearsal of this opera. Suor Angelica and Le Espagnol are actually more similar in their concepts to modern theater, and they are not like traditional operas with many repeated lyrics. They are also more profound in their portrayal of the characters during the development of the plot. So, during practice, we had to put more effort into the text, language, and the entire script and performance.
6: The two productions will be on show at the National Concert Hall on October 11th. FTV reporters Stephanie Yang and Lu Bozhong in Taipei.